It's brain hacking. You're pouring two or more visual variables into a single symbol. You're using size and color at the same time. You're pouring all kinds of cool data into a single symbol that's kind of flexing in different ways, but your mind gets it. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Esri Australia. To get your hands on more short, sharp, and immediately usable resources, head to the Esri Australia website and search for Goldmine. Welcome to GIS Directions. I'm Wayne Lee Archer. And I'm Tar Tanaka. Well, Tar, today we have an episode that's been inspired by your passion for ArcGIS Pro and, of course, our shared love of just gorgeous, beautiful maps. I like the sound of that. I really do love a beautiful map. And Pro really has some powerful features to help you make them. I knew this would be right for you. <laughs> so look, I've got a bit of a treat for you. We've uh, brought someone else along today, Tar, and it's one of your favorite experts on this topic. Yep. He is GIS royalty. He's a friend of the show, host of his own blog, Adventures in Mapping. Say hello again to John Nelson. John, welcome back to the show. Hello. Yay, it's Yay! John. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me back. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. It's great to have you back, John. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Thank you for the invitation. I can't believe you called me back. Of course. <laughs> Listen, today, John, we're hoping that you will be able to give our audience a bit of a treat. We're going to be picking your brain for some of your best Carto tips for ArcGIS Pro. Oh, goodness. It seemed like you might be one of the very best voices to, to help us in this space, uh, given that uh, you've been pretty busy since we spoke last. Well, I don't know about one of the best voices, but I can tell you, I sure am having a lot of fun and I've been staying busy. Well, since we spoke last, John, I think the world has been in a bit of a state of craziness. I think we're entering the first of lockdown 1.0 and... I'm sure I know that I have, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been uh, doom scrolling the social feeds. We're looking to get out of that COVID monotony. And one of the things that's kept me alive over this last couple of years, John, has been your one minute map hacks on your YouTube channel. I don't know when we spoke last, is it a month ago? Was it five years ago? It all blurs together, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that you found some of those map hack videos helpful or at least somewhat entertaining. Well, you know, honestly, I love that series. And it just so happens that you've just passed a big milestone. You've made over 100 one-minute map hacks. So congratulations, John. Thank you. I've been productive from a video sense in a very specific sense. I've finally been productive. It's funny because you know, once you start, once I start on these things, the next idea kind of rolls out of the previous one. And I've got these ideas built up. And they just start pouring out. And sometimes I'll get a question in an email and I'll find myself writing an email response to somebody, a customer saying, you know, how do you do this? And I'll be taking screenshots and typing up these. It, it's kind of cumbersome to type notes of a UX workflow. Have you ever mm -hmm. like tried that? I mean, we can imagine it. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's easy. You just do this. And then when I actually have to type it all out, I'm like, oh my goodness, this would be better as a video. And so I'll record a video answering the question or demonstrating a, a solution or an idea, and then I'll post it. And then in the email, I can say, hey, look, I made this video. And that is, I'll tell you, that's a lot of fun. And it certainly sounds like an invitation for us to keep calling and saying, hey, can we have some help? But on that note, what we thought we might do today is go through our top one minute map hacks 
And rather than make you choose your favorite baby, we've each picked our top two. So we thought maybe you'd like to do the same. Let us know your top two favorites. Okay. I'll go first because uh, I love these things. As I said, they've been keeping me alive during lockdown. Well, my top pick is actually super easy for someone like Tar to pick. You will have heard me talk about this a number of times, Tar. And this is talking about mapping with integrity. You know where I'm heading with this, don't you? Yes, yes. This is honestly one of my favorite topics and one of um, my favorite episodes that we did. It brings together two of my most favorite things, maps and games. So this is the Pokemon Borders, right? This is the Pokemon Borders (laughs) thing. Absolutely. So, you know, you'll hear me talking about what it is as cartographers, to be honest, to data and to demonstrate a map in a certain light. And this is about disambiguating borders or borders that are disputed. So my top two picks are actually the same kind of technique. Uh, And I'm just going to sort of ask John to talk about this is there are two in your collection, John, that are really, really good for highlighting disputed zones. Mm -hmm. How about we talk about those two? Yeah, fun pick. And you know, I've gotten a lot of response around this It's visualizing something as being a little bit less than rock solid certain or something that's kind of fuzzy. And it's not fair in the GIS world. We've got these points, lines, and polygons, and they're just little dutiful geometric things saying this happened right here. This is a line and this is where it went. Or here's a polygon. I'm one thing on the inside of this polygon and I'm not on the other side. But in the real world, A lot of the times these phenomena are way more amorphous than this ephemeral, you know, migration patterns are very ephemeral instead of this very concrete, well-established polygon, you know, that's, it's okay from a data collection perspective, but how can we visualize that in a way that's more meaningful to the kind of fuzziness of the data? And there's, you know, there's all kinds of tips and tricks in that video I do. Man, I, I think I go through a handful, four or five different methods that you can do But um, coincidentally, today, the ArcGIS Online release now has layer effects. So this is outside of Pro. This is an ArcGIS Online. You can make a layer blurry if you want to. What? Yeah. So, for example, if you're making a map of the Assyrian Empire, and, you know, this is going to be somewhat of a fuzzy edged thing, and you can blur it and just have a sense of, yeah, it's kind of in here, and you get a visual sense but you don't feel trapped by that overly certain smug vector confidence that's inherent in the data. That's definitely my pick. What about you, Tal? Let's give John a bit more time to think. What did you come up with? So I've had to think on the fly. Can I make it two (laughs) categories? Is that okay? Sure, do that. So my first category is dope fun and my second category is practical fun. Okay, so for the dope, I'd say the Lego icon map hack and the orange peel earth map hack. Ooh, those are fun, Ta. Fun picks. So for my practical, it's the picture film map hack where each state and um, a map of the US was symbolized with a picture and also the shady icons. I quite like those. Those were some of the very most fun to make. I think the maps don't always have to be so serious. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's lots of good news to map and there's a lot of opportunity to bring joy, a little bit of wonder in a map that you make. It doesn't have to make somebody cry. It doesn't have to make somebody sad or inspire this big bit of action, but there's a lot of importance in creating an object of joy and something that makes somebody kind of stop and smile and take a second closer look and then get engaged with geography or the map making process and have fun. There's a lot of power there. 
I have to 100% agree. Mm-hmm. And I feel a little bit ashamed that uh, Tar has kind of trumped me <laughs> on this one because that. Yeah, Wayne, Tars were way better. No, <laughs> yeah, they were way better than mine. But that Lego one, the Lego map, oh my gosh, it really captures something in, in the little child, the inner child yeah. in it. There's so much overlap. If you're really into mapping and GIS or even like especially raster processing, the concept of Legos, it's just the same thing. We loved it when we were kids and we love it now. And we just kind of slid into this role of doing this. We're stealing a living doing Lego with pixels. All right. We can't avoid it anymore. John, you've had enough time to stew on the Mm -hmm. topic. Time to pick your favorite babies. Have you got two? Yes. Yes, I do. Inspired by... Ta's willingness to just absolutely cheat and have a category. (laughs) I don't want to be left behind and just pick two. I'm going to pick two categories. So the first category is actually two videos and they're very similar to each other. One was made before the other. And the first one is showing how to use transparency within a gradient so that your hill shade doesn't wash out the map that it's sitting on top of. A lot of people will use a base map or satellite imagery, and then they'll put a hill shade on top of it. And then they'll just kind of make it 50% transparent or something. And it's all kind of gray and muted and muddy. And it's like a real drag. But in Pro, you aren't stuck with a solid black to solid white gradient. You can make it go from black to transparent in all the non-sunlit, non-shaded areas, and then back to white a little bit. And really, the result is just magical. It just makes the whole world wrinkly. And it keeps its vibrant tones and it's wonderful and it's super easy. That is such a beautiful word yeah. for it. Wrinkly. It makes wrinkly. the whole world wrinkly. wrinkly. I love it. That's a great one. That's one of my favorite map hacks as well. And the other one in that category is, and I did this afterward because the technology was new in ArcGIS Pro, which is blend modes. You can use a blend mode with a regular hill shade and pow, all of a sudden, whatever's underneath it is just jumping out at you. And it's not a 3D map, it's a 2D map, but it looks 3D. I just want to yeah. like... I want to touch it. Blend modes are, are great for making Hillshade really pop and not washing out your map. So that's the first category. The second category is actually a playlist that is three videos long, and it's about multivariate maps, bivariate and multivariate mapping. And to me, that's like data viz hack. It's brain hacking because you're just, you're pouring two or more visual variables into a single symbol. You know, you're using size and color at the same time. And guess what? Maybe transparency means a little something too. Maybe transparency means uncertainty and size means the amount of something and color means the proportion of some phenomena there. You're pouring all kinds of cool data into a single symbol that's kind of flexing in different ways, but your mind gets it. It still kind of makes sense. So I made a a series of three videos, kind of demystifying it. It sounds weird, like multivariate, bi- bivariate. That's, you know, whatever. I'll just stick to regular maps, but it's so easy and it can be really helpful. And I just wanted to demystify it and show people how to make them. Yeah. It's absolutely one of my favorite techniques in Carto. As a matter of fact, uh, it was that particular map hack that inspired me to do a um, bushfires versus where people live in Australia, multivariate oh, map. That's perfect. We hear the story, you know, Australia's burning. And in a lot of ways, it is. We've got a lot of bushfires here in Australia. But the real important thing is, where do the people live? And where is that coincident with the the actual burning itself? Uh, and so you inspired me there to do a, a hexagon-based multivariate map that used uh, colour and, and hexagon size to express those two values. Very clever. I love it. 
yeah, any thematic map you make, really you're asking the question compared to what? Yeah, absolutely. A bivariate, which is just two variables or multivariate or more, is a really nice way of saying, here's a thing compared to another thing right in one spot. You don't have to look at two different maps and try to tax your brain in comparing different places. You can just see them right in the same spot compared to what? One of the other things that's been keeping us alive during this you know, lockdown period has been the ability to power up our Kato skills ourselves yeah. without having to, to get out there and, and get all germy with real people. Todd, I don't know if you know about this. Have you heard of uh, a MOOC? Yes, yes. The massive open online courses. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I've got to admit, I've signed up for an awesome, massively open online course with you, uh, John, the Carto course. Tell us a bit more, John. You know, how can you not like an acronym that starts with massive? So this was, it's Ken Fields, my colleague, Ken Field, Dr. Kenneth Field. He coordinated it. He tricked me into participating <laughs> with him and, and some other colleagues. You know, we had just a fun time sitting down and having a, a few topics to just riff about and talking about what works, what we've done, what we've tried, and some advice and some historic tools of the trade that cartographers used to have to sling around. And I'll tell you, it was just a blast to make. And writing the exercises was a lot of fun because I got to ask, it was my chance to be like, I always wanted to know how to do this. And it blew my mind when I figured this out. And I'm just going to like pour this into an exercise and show people how to do it and demystify this. And there are so many exercises that, you know, Ken has written, Edie has written, Wes Jones has written, Nathan Shepard. We all kind of collaborated and threw in these fun exercises, cool videos to just kind of nerd out on mapping a little bit. And for me now, the most fun part by far is the, the chat room where people help each other. They share the maps that they've made. They show the results of the exercise, like check this out, or I took it to the next level and did this. And people are really supportive and people are answering questions and sharing ideas. It's like what I think of as being like the ultimate university experience, except we're not totally in person, but it's just this great uh, camaraderie and collaboration. What we really do see is we see people getting really, really proud of the beautiful maps that this online course actually allows them to create. I saw some beautiful maps out of our uh, Esri Singapore and, uh, and Southeast Asia partners. We see them springing from all corners of the world. So in these times when the world's contracting, when we're all locked down in our bedrooms and our little offices, we're seeing that these kind of things, these massive courses that are available to everyone opening us all back up a little bit i think john there's a huge opportunity for that yeah tell me it's free tell me that everybody can just hook their teeth into this beautiful stuff it is free it's completely free but what's more and this is pretty fun and i think this is why a lot of people say you know what okay i'm just gonna go for it is because all of the software that's required of this course is included for free you get a you get a license to the software for the duration of the six-week course, plus a couple of grace weeks thereafter, if you want to keep working on things and kind of bumping them up to the next level. And so you get access to ArcGIS Pro and all the licenses and extensions that are included in the MOOC. And so we found for a lot of folks, it's a chance for them to get their feet wet in transitioning over to ArcGIS Pro if they're more familiar with the ArcMap uh, environment. And even if you've never touched 
a piece of GIS software. You're using it and it's kind of presented in a stepwise fashion so that you can kind of move along and there's a lot of folks helping and the exercises are very clear. So it's, it's great for beginners and it's great for old hats like us, old pros, like <laughs> <laughs> just to try new things and have fun and get inspired. And Tara, I, I think what I'm hearing from John Nelson here is, and you'll have to apologize for the cheese is John <laughs> Nelson saying ready, steady pro. Hashtag ready, steady pro. <laughs> That's what we need to get in the, in the sound clips. Thank you so much, John. It's been fantastic having you. This episode has been jam packed with a list of tips and tricks and hacks for all of us. And to help put these into action, we'll add them all to the GISdirectionspodcast.com.au website. Now, we'd also love to hear back from you guys. So make sure that you do leave us a review wherever you get your podcast and keep those five-star ratings rolling in. We really appreciate it. One more tip. If you are interested in following the Cardo King, he is very, very active on LinkedIn and on Instagram. So I do encourage you to go follow him, give him a shout out and ask for some amazing tips and tricks. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for having me back and we'll see if we can get this hashtag ready, steady, pro trending. <laughs> hashtag ready, steady. That's what we're all waiting for. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, John, and stay spatial. Happy mapping. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Esri Australia. Esri Australia.